Welcome to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I'm Joe, joined by Mel. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project Podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. When you turn into the Strong Family Project Podcast, you're here one of two styles of episodes. The first one is a 10-minute Tuesday, which is today our shorter style episode where we talk about something brief for you. And then on Thursday, we do our full-length, closer to 30-minute episode. And today, we're trying a little bit different setup in the quote-unquote studio. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we got one light on. We got the cameras on. A little bit stands are a little bit in the way. Apologize for that for those who are watching on YouTube. But we're going to try this out, show some holiday cheer, and talk about creating holiday traditions for you and your family. It's a topic that we've covered before, but not in depth specifically to holidays. We've talked birthdays and celebrations and things like that. But we want to talk a little bit more about the importance of creating some sort of experience around your holiday and how powerful that can be for your family. Because not only is it in that moment where you're enjoying it with your family, but it's also something they may choose to carry forward with their family. So there's a little bit of legacy behind it. And so the first thing I always like to suggest is to look back with that in mind. And are there traditions that you would like to carry forward that you've learned that your family has done, that you've heard from other people, that your friends have done, that you've seen in a TV show, it doesn't matter. Really, you are writing these traditions for your family and I want you to do so with intention. You're just not carrying it forward for the sake of carrying it forward, but you're carrying it forward because it reinforces one of your family values or it's just a heck of a good time. Whatever it is, you have to have a reason for doing these things. I'm a little distracted because I'm rocking in this rocking chair, which is, it feels nice in front of the fireplace that isn't lit right now, but it could be, and it would look lovely. Okay, message received. I'll let it next time. My <laughs> apologies. Okay. Get out and chop some more wood. <laughs> no, I think it's really important, like you said, to be intentional with what you decide to carry on with your family and be excited about starting something different, starting something new. And it's a really great opportunity to live up to your values. So one of ours being wanting to be together That's great year round, but it's especially special during the Advent Christmas season for us. I love Advent. I love the anticipation of Christmas, and I think it's a great opportunity to set up special times to hang out together, to do special things together, to make make that time of year stand out among the rest. All right, we've gone really high level on why you want to do the traditions. Now we're going to go real tactical and share some examples that you may want to adopt, or you may just use them as a little bit of fuel to get your own brainstorming started. But again, be intentional. So I'm just going to quiz Mel, get her rolling. (laughs) Behind us, if you're watching on YouTube, we have stockings set up. See if I can do it right and correctly in the camera right behind us. In previous years, we've stuffed stuffed stockings full of kind of junk food. That has been the typical way to do it. Mm -hmm. We're going to carry some of that forward. Mel, what else? are we going to do with them? We like to, I like to put in an ornament and my mom's awesome about doing this. So she'll pick a theme for the kids. It's become bears over the years. So they get a different kind of Christmas ornament bear theme every year. And because it's small, it fits well on the stocking. I really like to put that in there. And that is a, it's part of our tradition because we love decorating the tree. And I love the excitement of them one day being able to leave the house and move to their own home 
and have decorations to put on their tree and not have to start from scratch. So that's something I grew up with. My mom always gave us angel ornaments, so I have lots of those. And we've carried that forward with the boys, little bear ornaments, and now that's something that we put in the stocking every year. And if you're watching the video, the tree is right behind Mel, or we can describe it for those who are just listening to the podcast clips. Mel, how tall do you think that tree is? <laughs> do you think it's 20 feet this year? It's got to be close. It is... <laughs> That's not what we I thought. I wish we had the camera. It's about three feet taller than we could reach with any ladder to be able to decorate it. So the star is about three feet down <laughs> from the top of the tree. There's a couple rows of lights. And then the ornaments really start to pack in the bottom six feet. They sure do. And that's another thing I wanted to... Maybe you were going to ask me another question. But in terms of creating a tradition with your kids, and I think shifting the focus to what is child-friendly... Now, sometimes when they're little, that's a matter of, we used to have a tree that was sitting on the little table because when they have a two, three-year-old, they're just gonna pull everything off anyway. But what I personally noticed was I would get very protective over how I would how the tree was decorated. And the last couple of years, I've just let that go. I take care of the lights, and then I basically let the kids run free with however they wanna decorate it. And I just make sure that there's no breakables like really close to breaking. But the purpose of that is I want us to be together. That's the purpose, that's our value, and I wanna make sure that they feel a part of it, that they feel valued, and the way they decorate it is great. Because at the end of the day, it's a Christmas tree, it's our family Christmas tree, and I want it to be something we do together. I could easily say, forget it boys, I'm gonna do it myself because I'll make sure that it's like perfectly organized or something, but I've had to put aside my own like idiosyncrasies about stuff like that because it's more important to me for our values to come through. Okay, I'm going to shift gears with a little bit of a different one that most people haven't heard of before I ask you about a basic one, which will be the traditional food that you like around the holidays or the kids like. So last year, I got a little sick of all the Christmas cookies, and you can get into that regular food, and I was just sick of just all the cookies. Like, why is it a nonstop buffet from Thanksgiving to Christmas? How does that reinforce our values, and how does it impact our lives? Studies, including ones that were published in the New York Times a few years ago, the average American gains 5 to 10 pounds between Thanksgiving and Christmas because of their lack of attention to these types of traditions. Their intention is usually to have a good, healthy year, but they lose attention. They just think it's okay for these six weeks, and it has a huge negative impact on it because the studies also show that the average person cannot lose more than 5 to 10 pounds in a year. So it's a net growth every year based on those six weeks of lack of focus around the holidays. As someone who's been in the fitness industry, I had to juggle the desire of like people shipping us cookies. And it's very nice. We want to thank them for the thought behind giving, not necessarily like the item. It doesn't really matter. And I had some pressure <laughs> from perhaps my counterpart. Oh, it's, it's just the holiday. And I'm like, it's Screw this cookie stuff. So we had to come to a happy medium on it. So I took the cookies, I put them in a bag, and I climbed halfway up the mountain, and I put them on a rock away from animals. And then when the kids came down, I said, if you want the Christmas cookies, we got to go on a little adventure. And we went halfway up the mountain. It's not huge. Maybe it's a half mile. They had to get all bundled up. They had to go find their Christmas cookies. They had to climb back down. And so we had this experience together. Yes, they still got their Christmas cookies. And each year we're going to do a little bit of a Christmas challenge to keep ourselves grounded together. The kids are thinking about it right now. I did a couple mountain hikes with Henry this past week and they started reflecting on, oh, what do we want to do for Christmas? Let's keep it under an hour, but let's make it challenging so we do something together. 
And that's what we're gonna work on this year. So we have a tradition that's more associated with our be adventurous core value of our family. I do like that. And that kind of evolved over the last year or two. And it's exciting. It might seem not exciting at first, but here's the thing. Sometimes when you don't want to do something, let's say you don't want to work out and then you do the workout and afterwards you're always grateful that you did, or at least the majority of the time. I think it's similar with this. Oh, it's cold out. We don't want to go for a walk or whatever. But then once you do, out of that opportunity can come something really awesome. You start to notice different things outside. You just spend time together without any distractions and it ends up being very worthwhile and something you want to repeat. All right, Mel, and also I like how you have the music on, the lights on. It gets people in that Christmas cheer, a holiday cheer, if you don't celebrate Christmas specifically for the season. But set the tone for the season, which is important. I'm going to let you share one more, if you can make it food-related or something else, and then I'll share one more. It's a little odd, and then we'll land the airplane because it's only a 10-minute Tuesday. Okay, I will go with food because I think this is a big thing during this time of year. So what my goal is, and I have an example for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I try to pick some kind of a dessert and then make a healthy version of it. And this year for Thanksgiving, I made these little fruit tarts and it was just like nuts and dates and for the crust and then like a cashew frosting for the top. And it was all healthy ingredients and honestly, everyone really enjoyed it. And it's just a way to like still feel like you're having a treat. And I'm not saying that's like essential, but that's something that I wanted to move, carry forward and do it in a healthy way. And then for Christmas, we do struggle with this cookie thing because I don't think we should do it just because that's what people say you should do. So I actually, even today, I was looking up healthy gingerbread muffin recipes. I want to bring in those flavors of the season, but in less traditional ways. So I'm going to bake these muffins. It's interesting. Sorry, I moved the mic a little. We're rocking back and forth (laughs) from the microphones. It is interesting because we do have to work together to figure it out. We're not lock and step with this. I say screw the cookies all together. I don't want to enforce that habit. And Mel's got the softer side. Let's try to bring in the flavors and come up with other options. And we have to come to something reasonable. It's not It's not like we both can individually have exactly what we want. I know a lot of families have to do some serious holiday negotiations. And we've had to in past years where all of our extended family wants us to do everything with everybody. And that would drive me up the wall because we just don't have enough time to do anything by ourselves. And that's been a freeing part of moving. It has been a sad part. Some of the stuff is cool. We just can't do it all. It's like too much of a good thing. And we didn't feel empowered to make those decisions because someone would always be, have their feelings hurt. Like, you got to do this, you got to do this. And it became like, a, oh, let's keep score. The total number of hours we're spending at, like with everyone who wants to spend time with us. And it got very challenging. And so it's good that we can take a step back and reflect. And this is something my brother Dave has done even around the family's like, we're not going anywhere on Christmas day. Like we'll do everything we can with family the day before, but on Christmas day, we're just going to stay with the family. And that's the hard and fast rule that they had to set because that's what was right for their family. I think every family has to deal with this, especially when you get married and you're bringing two families together. But I think sometimes it gets overlooked because especially when you're like newly engaged or newly married, don't have kids yet. You just, I think people just assume we're just going to split our time. We're going to go here one year, there the next year. But I think we need to do it a little bit more intentionally, especially once you have kids, because it's important to start creating your own tradition as your own family of Joe, me, and our three kids. And I don't think that is selfish. And I think as soon as you 
make that mindset shift to go from feeling guilty to it not being to realizing that it's not selfish it can really open up some interesting ideas and even include your kids in that what can we do as a family to make this special and not just relying on whatever party that you were invited to or whatever tradition that has always been done you often see me if you're watching youtube wear these synergy athletics hoodies from our fitness company and the reason why we decided to call it synergy is we love the team concept of Together we can achieve more than we are as individuals, the meaning of synergy. I felt the opposite was happening with Christmas time, like two halves didn't equal one whole Christmas. If we split the time equally and we're always running around, it didn't feel like we had a whole, it's like we put these two halves together and we got a third of what we wanted and the math didn't work out. And so spending some time intentionally decide what you and your family want uh, and understanding and expecting the respect that you are a unique new organization you've had you just had perhaps kids it's not like you were, it was before you can take the best pieces and include them if that's what you find important however you got to make sure that your family is whole during this holiday season this really makes me think about opportunity costs so when you choose to do one thing you're going to choose not to do something else and that it can be very emotional because it has been some years as we're trying to figure out what to do and I think you have to just recognize what is the thing that really is about your values. What can you do this year that you recognize you're going to have to give something up, but maybe something really great can come from what you're choosing to do instead. All right, got to something really important there, but we got to go fast. I'm going to go one more and then I'll give you the last word if you want it. And that is this year I asked Mel to buy me some ribbons, something a little more lighthearted. <laughs> one of our core values is gratitude. And it takes constant gentle pressure. It's not always me saying, you must be thankful, but it is giving them memorable events so they understand that's important. So the reason why I asked for ribbons, and I'm going to play the, quote, bad guy, but it's going to be more lighthearted. I'm going to put those ribbons around things around the house that the kids have, always have had, and don't appreciate enough. I'll put a little ribbon on the light switch, a little bit of ribbon on the food in the fridge. Like, I'm just going to put these ribbons. Like, you've had these gifts every single day of your life. Have you appreciated those as much as you appreciate those things under the tree? And they'll roll their eyes, but they'll remember it. I guarantee it. So I've got how many, like 25, 50 pack of ribbons? I'm not sure, but I'm going to put it on all the stuff that they already have. And they are going to roll their eyes and think that I'm being silly, but they will remember it because I'm going to uh, make it funny that they're, it's going to be memorable. I'm going to enjoy that too. <laughs> My final thought is reflecting back on how important our lives have been changed because we follow the strong family path. A lot of what we're talking about can be discussed and figured out in family meetings. So if you have those things set, and if you don't, you can start now. Start having some family meetings now before the holiday season or during the holiday season. And that's a great time to be able to do this. I think this can easily be feel overwhelming. So if you don't have your values picked out or whatever the case may be, I actually did a presentation recently about how to create your values during the holiday season. You can just pick something for the holiday season and then when the new year starts, actually flesh out your values. But I think that's why it's important to be consistent. And if you have those family meetings going on or you're not, start them now. Have these discussions with your family and make this a holiday to remember. Well said, Mel. To end this, we do have our book up on Amazon if you're looking for some ways to plan your family in the new year because we're already into the holiday season by the time this episode drops. We have it on discount for $8.99, $8.99 where you can pick up the Strong Family Guidebook. But that's it for the holiday season. Bust some chops, have some fun, think about your traditions, be intentional, make sure your family is whole first, and then you can include and layer on as practical. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. We'll talk to you on the next one.